Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Back to your free-for-all Friday questions, comments, complaints a little bit later this hour. We don't have many guests on free-for-all Friday. That's by design. We like to follow your lead. Harder to get in by phone Monday through Thursday since we went syndicated and statewide long ago. But we do usually reserve one and only one guest slot, even on Fridays, for one of our favorites. In this case, on all things NFL, Super Bowl 54, the rapidly changing Carolina Panthers. Whatever 10 people you most associated with the Panthers two or three years ago, owner, head coach, coordinator, star player on either side of the ball, I'll bet you nine of them are gone right now. Most recently, Greg Olson, here to discuss an outstanding contributor to TheAthletic.com and the subsite The Athletic Carolina. He does his best work from the Queen City of Charlotte, North Carolina. Joe Person, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. How are you? I'm good, and you usually introduce yourself also as an athletic contributor, which I'm glad to be uh, on the team with you, man. Hey, man, isn't it cool that our careers continue to intertwine? I hope that continues to happen for a long time. I've been a big fan of your work uh, for as long as I can remember in a lot of different job descriptions. Today we'll talk football, of course, with Super Bowl 54 upon us. Uh, and we'll get to the other stuff, Panthers included as well. But as a starting point, what was the first thing that popped into your mind, either as a narrative or as an X and O matchup, when you realized it was going to be the 14-4 and Chiefs taking on the now 15-3 and San Francisco 49ers? Well, being a PA guy like yourself, I kind of think it'd be cool to see Andy Reid get one. Amen. Uh, had so many of those. And in Philly, and you know, knocking on the door. Heck, the Panthers kept the Eagles out of it one year, 2003, winning up there at at the link, and, and going to the Super Bowl against the Patriots. But so that'd be cool. And then just, I think it's going to be a like if you don't have any rooting interest in this game, like I, I'm, I want to, I want to see a high scoring game. I, I don't. I don't care if there's much defense. I, I want to see Mahomes do his thing, Garoppolo do his thing. Very Two very excellent play callers in Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid. I think I told you the last time I was on that when the Panthers were out there in San Francisco in October, it was just, I mean, Kyle Shanahan was just, uh, I hate to say it, I mean, he was kind of coaching circles around Ron Rivera that particular day, and his personnel helped too. Uh, that Kyle Allen was under center for the Panthers, but I, I think it's a cool matchup, and uh, and that I, I just like I said, I hope it's back and forth, and but uh, you know nobody wants nobody wants a one-sided Super Bowl. Joe Person is with us. He is on Twitter at Joseph Person Online, the Athletic Carolina. I think I read that in the last 35 years, the only time there was a Super Bowl point spread this small was Seahawks-Patriots, which, of course, ultimately was decided by Russell Wilson's throw at the uh, goal near the goal line. It ends up being an interception. So the smallest point spread ends up being decided by, like, a yard, basically. We have locks of the week, Joe, on our show. And I always say, you know, don't bet the kids' college tuition fund. But after doing fairly well on locks of the week, my bottom line, as I contemplate Mahomes and all those skill players for the Chiefs, but the great 49ers defense and probably the better depth chart for San Francisco. My bottom line is I would not touch this game with a 10-foot pole. Like, I wouldn't bet your nickel, much less my nickel. Do you find yourself, besides just enjoying it, like even leaning one way if you were forced to pick at the betting window? 
No way. No. no I'm with you. I mean, I, I probably, uh, you know, I, I, for our purposes at the athletic, I was asked in a couple different spots to make a pick. Yeah. I went with the Chiefs, but it's it's a it's a coin flip. Uh, I mean, and I and I did pick a high scoring game, and I and, and listen, the night you're right, the Niners' defense is is certainly salty, and and the Chiefs have playmakers on defense too. San Francisco's across the board a little better defensively. But um, I think I picked the Chiefs 34-27 for, for the Athletic. But, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. I, I, think, I think this game, it, it, it wouldn't surprise me either way. It would surprise me that if it's like a, you know, a 14-point spread, regardless of yeah. who ends up winning. It's going to be fun is the bottom line. I'll be shocked if it's not another thriller. Joe Person is joining us. Ryan Fitzpatrick is not the most prominent quarterback who was at a fork of his you know, career. But he earlier today did say, hey, I'm 37. I could have retired. I contemplated it. I am now going to stay with the Dolphins. I'm going to return to Miami. I'm going to extend my career, et cetera. There are so many prominent quarterbacks, more than he, you know, whether it's Tom Brady as a free agent, Drew Brees as a free agent, Philip Rivers as a free agent, Jameis Winston as a free agent, Ryan Tannehill as a free agent, and you're following, of course, the Cam Newton saga. Of the ones that I just mentioned there, as we, you know, enjoy Chiefs 49ers, but think ahead as well. Do you feel confident in predicting any of those? Is Brady automatically going to stay with the Patriots? Is Breeze automatically going to play another year with the Saints? Uh, do you have a sense with Phillip Rivers? Because I think we're going to have to kick the Cam Newton can down the road because I imagine you and everybody else uh, can't have any conclusions until there's a medical update in March or April. Yeah, I mean, if you're asking, first of all, I, I, I think with each passing week and another prominent Panther player retires or says, yeah, right. you know, I want to go elsewhere, I, I think it becomes less and less likely that Cam Newton's back here. And Interesting. I, I, you know I've said that yes. for quite a long time. I've been wrong before. I may be wrong in this case. But for, for the same reason that I don't think Cam's going to be back here, I don't think that, and I don't think this was your question necessarily, but I don't think those prominent free agent quarterbacks make sense for the Panthers. Hmm. Be, I mean, you're not going to tear this thing down to the studs and, and do a rebuild and, and then go sign Phillip Rivers or Drew Brees or Tom Brady. That just, it doesn't make sense. I mean, I, 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 I don't. I wouldn't understand that plan unless there were a whole lot of other kind of uh, additions right. and, and complementary parts coming along with those. A guy that you didn't mention, I don't think, who might make some sense for the Panthers. Again, we're assuming now that this, that Cam Newton is elsewhere, uh, but a guy like Teddy Bridgewater is mm. a free agent. Yeah. I remember writing about him last off season. Uh, when when it was unclear about Cam's health and, and so forth, like I, I just think if you're Matt Rule, you, you can do a couple. You, you, the decision you got to make, obviously, first and foremost, foremost is Cam. And then the next thing to me is, do we take a quarterback if we're the Panthers at number seven? If, if most of the experts now here, you know, as, as we turn the calendar to February with. Most of the scouts and, and the analysts believe that there are two really good quarterback prospects in this draft, in Burrow and Tua Tagovailoa. Behind them, it's a little murkier, and, and I don't know 
that you want to be reaching at seven on a Justin Herbert or uh, uh, the Love Kid at uh, Utah State, yeah. who I think who I think may end up being really good. But and so so it, it, it's really fascinating. So do you go get a Teddy Bridgewater as a bridge guy? Next year's draft class is supposed to be a lot deeper. It's a long process, though, between now and the end of February, uh, the end, end of April, excuse me. And so maybe Jordan Love does. Maybe you do fall in love with him, or maybe Tua somehow drops to you at seven. But I think you can do any number of things there. And and then even if you have Cam back, maybe you still take a quarterback because I don't think you're going to be giving him a long-term contract at 31 years old. And which is another reason why I just I just don't know that that we're going to see Cam in, in Charlotte in 2020. Last thing for you, we have polled our statewide audience. Here are some of the answers we have for what makes a Super Bowl party good or bad. And you can you can add if you have any personal experiences. You're probably on the job, so maybe you don't get to attend as many as these of these as others. Uh, some say no children running in front of the TV. Some say there must be separate big screen TVs in separate rooms to allow for the diehards to see and hear everything, while the others are enjoying you know commercials and halftime show and talking over you know this year it'll be Joe Buck and Troy Aikman and the, and the folks. Uh, do you have any creative betting square gambling games that you could share? Or, or maybe that's a violation of your uh, your contract at the athletic. I don't know. You, you know, my sweet uh, my sweet grandmother in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, used to do one where there. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those squares, and, and you got. I think you got the the number. You know, I guess it was one through nine, but there. I don't understand how that could be. There were a lot more people. Uh, left, uh, you know, at these parties, the nine of us. But somehow or another, my my, my grandmother was was running was running the numbers. <laughs> my grandmother was running the numbers. And, I love that. And and, pro- and probably <laughs> sticking it in her purse, and you know, just continuing to, to feed people hot cheese crackers and uh, and Miller beer. <laughs> my grandmother was running numbers. That's well done, Joe Person. Hey, keep up the good work at the Athletic Carolina. I, given all these moving parts with the Panthers, you know we're going to be knocking on your door. But uh, enjoy at least some time off uh, now that uh, the Panthers are done playing and at least most of the dominoes have fallen. Appreciate you, man. Have a good weekend, and uh, you know you can call me anytime. Right back at you, my friend. Joseph Person is his Twitter handle, theathletic.com, the Athletic Carolina. It is a star-studded staff. That website is one of the fastest-growing sports media websites in the world, sports media outlets in the world. And I mean the world because they're international here in North America. When I was visiting London with the family this past summer, I actually saw The Athletic ads inside what they call the tube which is you know your way to get around underground over in the united kingdom uh it's just a great concept it's loaded with the best journalists that cover the most prominent sports really in our country in our continent around the world Uh, i'm proud to be a part of it in addition to what i do here and at accsports.com and joe's just another example in his case as a full-time guy of the high-end journalism and just really thoughtful work covering 
uh, in this case, The Carolinas, at a single website, the, Car- the Athletic Carolina. On Twitter, again, he's at Joseph Person. Back to your calls on the other side. Jonathan is into college basketball, even though Super Bowl 54 is front and center. Others, the NBA, some Kobe Bryant leftovers, if you will. The NASCAR Hall of Fame ceremony is tonight. Joe Gibbs and Tony Stewart among the Class of 2020 honorees. The Carolina Hurricanes are back on the ice At home tonight against Vegas, at home Sunday afternoon against Vancouver. Plenty of time to get home to watch the Super Bowl if you want to do that. Double dip. The Australian Open is down the stretch. Novak Djokovic, one win away from his 17th Grand Slam singles title. A young American, Sophia Sophia Kennan, 21 years old, from Florida via Russia. Is that still allowed in our country? Florida via Russia. She is representing the Team USA while seeking what would be her first ever Grand Slam title. She is in the women's singles final. Serena and all the others have already fallen by the wayside. You can chime in with your question, comment, or complaint. I have a lot more on the Super Bowl and a fantastic weekend in college hoops. We'll get to as many of your calls as we can. 1-800-849-2761. You're steering our ship next on the David Glenn Show. Rob Schneider joining us on the David Glenn Show. When they try to have three days of the NFL draft on TV, my friends said, hey, you going to watch the NFL draft? That's like getting excited about a strip club that's still under construction. <laughs> like you see that building over there in a couple of months? There's going to be some breasts in there. You're listening to the David Glenn Show. History would tell you the higher-ranked defense always trumps the better offense and the better quarterback. But we've not seen a guy like Mahomes do what he's done with the fastest recorded group of receivers that an NFL team has ever had in what the Chiefs have now. So that's the one but. I would never in a million years shut my eye on Garoppolo and that he could come up big in this game too. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. That guy is one of the voices of Super Bowl 54. Kevin Harlan will have the radio call of Chiefs 49ers for Westwood One. Of course, you'll get Joe Buck with Troy Aikman and friends. Our recent guest, Chris Myers, among the sideline reporters. Aaron Andrews as well. Mike Pereira in the booth for officiating questions. Kurt Warner will be Harlan's partner on the radio side. We have lines open for the first time in a long time. Our only guest, Joe Person, on the NFL is in the books. He circled there, Kevin Harlan did, as Jonathan in Chapel Hill wants to steer us to college basketball, others to even other sports beyond the big two, if you will, 1-800-849-2761. Of course, how much magic does Patrick Mahomes have for a Chiefs team that has to go against a brilliant defense in the San Francisco 49ers? That is one of the two biggest storylines because the Chiefs have the better quarterback, maybe by a lot, Although some forget that Garoppolo did lead the 49ers to some second-half comeback victories this year when asked. When they were running so well and defending so well that he only needed to be asked to throw the ball eight times, that's what happened earlier in this year's playoffs against a quality opponent. But when needed, he did make plays down the stretch, lifting the 49ers to comeback victories. The other half of the equation, probably the other most circled X and O matter as we come to your calls, is that the the 49ers run it really, really well, and the weakest link in the entire statistical chain of the Kansas City Chiefs is they don't stop the run very well. And whereas they can throw it on offense and they can run it on offense and they can slow the pass defense, the slow the opposing passers with their defense, 
They're bottom five in the NFL in most run defense categories. Does the 49ers' great strength overwhelm the Chiefs' greatest weakness? In that case, you would see a lot of Patrick Mahomes holding a clipboard on the sidelines waiting to get in there while the 49ers are gobbling up the clock and running it down the Chiefs' throats and moving the chains, and Mahomes doesn't get as much time, doesn't get as many possessions, and doesn't have as many opportunities to work that magic. As we come to Jonathan in Chapel Hill and you, 1-800-849-2761, questions, comments, complaints, you're steering the ship in the spirit of free-for-all Friday. Anything in the sports universe is fair game. We open that door every Friday and only every Friday. The reason Andy Reid is the number one narrative in Super Bowl 54 is very quickly threefold. Everybody loves him. His former players, his current players, his retired players, the opposing coaches, his own coaches, those from his coaching tree, most fans, even in wicked, sometimes nasty Philadelphia, they celebrate their former head coach, Andy Reid, even though he never got them all the way to the Super Bowl title. To the Super Bowl, yes, back in 2004, but they lost it. To lots of other good playoff appearances and runs, yes, but he has fallen short. But it's more than his likability. As we come to Jonathan and you, 1-800-849-2761, we had that question of the day earlier this week. Who is the best coach in any pro sport who never won at all? We had a lot of interesting answers to that. Andy Reid was the most popular answer for NFL fans. He's the best guy who hasn't won at all. He's sixth on the wins list, and the five guys above him, Don Shula, George Hallis, Bill Belichick, Tom Landry, and Curly Lambeau, all won not one Super Bowl or NFL championship, as it used to be called, but more than one. Heck, Lambeau had six. Belichick has six and maybe counting. George Hallis had six. Andy Reid is close to those guys on the wins list and still has zero Super Bowls. So his place in history to a degree is at stake. You've heard people say he's a Hall of Famer regardless, but you don't want to be the best golfer without the major. You don't want to be new Houston Astros manager Dusty Baker. You're high on the all-time managerial wins list in baseball, but you don't have a ring yet. And the guys at the top of that list in that sport, Connie Mack and John McGraw and Tony La Russa and Bobby Cox and Joe Torre and others, not only are high on the all-time wins list, they all have at least one World Series title. Bobby got his with the 1995 Atlanta Braves. And the rest of them all have a bunch of World Series titles. That's how it usually works for the greatest coaches or managers in the game. I'm a hockey guy. guy named Scotty Bowman led the Montreal Canadiens to a bunch of Stanley Cup titles. He's the number one winningest coach in the history of the NHL. But he doesn't just have the wins. He has nine Stanley Cup championships, most with the Canadians and the Red Wings. I think one with the Penguins in between. Joel Quenville, Ken Hitchcock, Barry Trotz of recent vintage in the NHL. High on the career wins list, but they all have broken through with at least one Stanley Cup title. You change sports, man. Greg Popovich, Pat Riley, Phil Jackson. They're high on the all-time wins list, but they also have a bunch of NBA titles to go with it. Dusty Baker in baseball. Don Nelson in the NBA. Jerry Sloan. They had a lot of wins. Never an NBA championship. Never the World Series. Does Andy Reid want to end up with Marty Schottenheimer, Dan Reeves, Marv Levy, Chuck Knox, and all these other guys who won a lot of games but just never quite got the ring? No, he doesn't want to end up there. And the third reason he's on this top of the narrative list, 
Bill Cower, formerly of NC State, longtime North Carolina resident, former DG show guest as well. Bill Cower is the current example of a guy who coached the longest as a head coach in the NFL before winning his first Super Bowl. He was in year 14. That's the longest wait. In other words, if you didn't get it, by the time you're into double digits, you're probably never getting it, right? You might be fired at some point. Cowers, the current longest wait, he got it in his 14th year as a head coach, of course, with the Steelers. Tom Coughlin was in year 12. That's the second longest wait for any head coach in NFL history before he finally broke through with a Super Bowl title. The Cowboys legendary coach, Tom Landry, was in year 12. Tony Dungy more recently was in year 11. Those four, Cower, Coughlin, Landry, and Dungy, are the four examples in NFL history, longest wait before getting one. 11, 12, 14 years. Andy Reid's in year 21. You don't know if you're getting back. He's in his early 60s, so it's not like he'll age out necessarily. But you never know if you're getting back. It was 15 years ago that he was there the first time. And I guarantee you with the 2004 Philadelphia Eagles, he didn't think it was going to be another 15 years before he got to the Super Bowl. You probably don't have another 15 years as a head coach. So you might as well cash in this time and beat the 49ers. Jonathan in Chapel Hill, we love college basketball. Welcome welcome to Free For All Friday. Go right ahead. And I'm a hey, man. long-time listener. First time caller, I just wanted to give you a call, let you know what I've got on topic with the ACC and UNC basketball. Um, we talked about Cole Anthony being out and everything, and he's been out for a little bit of time and stuff. So I just wanted to put in my input on that. I believe after the Boston College game that, you know, he's going to come back because, I mean, if you think about it, he's told that. He was going to be back very soon and stuff yeah. like that right there. And then, you know, nothing else happened. Well, if you think about it, you know, the past couple of games, look at him on the sideline. He's jumping up and down. Yeah. You know, so I think that, you know, they're going to wait after the Boston College game because, you know, they think that they can beat them without him the way that they're playing. And then they're going to turn around and put him in, you know, make a run at the ACC tournament because right now, if they win the ACC tournament, they're in on the NCAA tournament. Of course, yeah, it's an automatic bid that way. Jonathan, your timing is actually perfect, and we actually have an answer to your question. Your logic is not bad logic, right? You know you're probably going to beat Boston College. For those who don't know, Carolina's schedule next week is brutal. They're already, remember, struggling along at 10-10. and 10. You'd think they would beat Boston College tomorrow at the Smith Center, the Eagles are probably the least talented team in the ACC, and the Heels have been playing better lately, beating Miami and NC State. Florida State on the road and Duke in Chapel Hill are the Tar Heels' next two games after Boston College. So there might have been some logic to Jonathan's uh, thoughts on Cole Anthony. UNC released within the last 20 minutes or so Roy Williams' statement on Cole Anthony's return, which includes this. Yesterday, quote, we allowed him to go five on five for the first time. If he feels all right tomorrow, he probably will play against Boston College. If he comes in today and says he's sore, though, he's not going to play against the Eagles. So it sounds like Roy is ready to push the button. But 
they got to see that Cole feels better, feels okay the day after playing five on five. There is a different logic, remember, that says you don't want Cole Anthony getting the cobwebs out. Good. Has anybody ever seen Florida State play defense? Like that's not your warming back up to your usual way opponent. That is probably the last opponent you would choose if you're a point guard. There are 353 teams in Division I men's basketball. Do you know who the tallest, longest team is? I'm serious, out of 353, and yes, they keep track of these things. It is Florida State. If I'm Cole Anthony, you know what Florida State's rotation averages? I'm not even kidding. The guys who play the most, what is their average height? This sounds like an NBA answer. Their average height is six foot eight, the dudes who play. And a lot of them have long arms, so they look more like 6'10". I wouldn't want to throw anybody into that fire after weeks, you know, more than six weeks of accumulated rust, and only recently you're only kind of working out with your own teammates, et cetera. There's a logic that says, hey, let, let them get the rust off tomorrow against a lesser opponent, Boston College, at home with friendly fans rather than maybe the most difficult defensive assignment that any point guard could have. Trent Forrest is a senior and a really good defender for Florida State at point guard. He is backed up by wings that are 6'8 with long arms. They're backed up by seven-footers who are shot blockers at the rim. They can double you. They can trap you. And again, they're long and lean and athletic. So it sounds like Roy Williams says, unless Cole Anthony feels sore, Cole Anthony return is against Boston College tomorrow at the Smith Center. Now, you'd assume if he's that close and you don't see him tomorrow, well, then, yes, I guess he would get thrown into the fire. It will be Monday night, actually, that the Tar Heels travel to Tallahassee. So you're going to get to see Cole Anthony, for those who have forgotten, and it's been six weeks, knee injury, surgery, four- to six-week projection. They knew he would come back. He heard all the whispers about how he should protect his multimillionaire status as an NBA lottery pick. He made clear on social media within the last week, uh, I heard that, I understand that, but I'm playing for the Tar Heels again, and I can't wait to get back, etc. The Tar Heels looked like a better team in beating NC State on Mon- uh, yeah, Monday night in Raleigh. They have no chance of being a very good team without Cole Anthony. He was on his way to freshman All-American status. He was the number two freshman scorer in all of college basketball at 19 or so points per game. He was a defensive dynamo who changed the Tar Heels at that end of the floor. He did not quite blend with Roy Williams' style at the offensive end. Uh, I don't think his teammates got used to him before he got hurt, but he's a dramatic upgrade in giving the heels the guy that can create at the end of the shot clock giving the heels a guy that can let Brandon Robinson go back to his better job description of being on the wing. Leaky Black can go back to his job description. They don't have to throw Jeremiah Francis or anybody who's not ready for it into the fire. You know, Andrew Playtech can go back to a deeper reserve instead of a starter. A lot of dominoes fall in really healthy, positive ways for the Tar Heels with Cole Anthony coming back. Does that mean they're going to be as good as Duke or Louisville or Florida State right away? No. Does that mean that they're automatically going to get there at any point? No. But the Tar Heels are infinitely more interesting and infinitely more dangerous with Cole Anthony back in the lineup, especially if he looks like the guy that, remember, with Cole Anthony, the Tar Heels beat Oregon 
Oregon's a potential Final Four team, folks. I'd be surprised if Oregon was not a Sweet 16 team. They're really, really good. With Cole Anthony, the Tar Heels beat Oregon. With Cole Anthony, the Tar Heels beat Alabama. Without Cole Anthony, they lost their Clemson 59-0 forever streak. Without Cole Anthony, they lost at home to Wofford. Without Cole Anthony, they lost back-to-back-to-back at home to Georgia Tech and Clemson and Pitt. I mean, he's... It's not a light switch where they go back to being the team that beat Oregon, but look at their body of work with and without him, and it is just crystal clear how important he is to that basketball team, even beyond the obvious status as an NBA lottery pick. 1-800-849-2761. That's big breaking news. The Tar Heels get interesting again. And for those who don't know, the Tar Heels have several other teams above them in the ACC pecking order. It's not like they were ACC number four, and now they're getting Cole Anthony back to propel them up the ladder. No, they were for a little while ACC number 15. Now, they're better than that, but after the big three of Duke, FSU, and Louisville, Syracuse, NC State, and UVA are really the bubble teams. Maybe Virginia Tech as well. The Hokies get a shot at Florida State in Blacksburg tomorrow afternoon, and that would give Mike Young's chance, chances a, a nice lift. There's only still a big three. There's really a next four, the Orange, the Wolfpack, the Cavaliers, and the Hokies. And the Tar Heels need to show that they can be in that middle group before they you know, can be asked to show that they can trade punches with the big three of FSU and Duke and Louisville. Boston College, again, should be a win tomorrow, and it looks like Cole Anthony has a great chance to play. 1-800-849-2761. Back to your free-for-all Friday phone calls on the other side. What is your lock on Super Bowl prop bets? What makes a Super Bowl party great or bad in your experience? Advice for your fellow sports fans and party animals all across North Carolina. Maybe you have the ultimate guacamole recipe. Kevin in Wilmington wants to be next. You can join us on College Hoops, the NFL, the return of the Carolina Hurricanes, the finales of the Australian Open, the NASCAR Hall of Fame event is tonight. Kobe Bryant's passing. Of, of last weekend, Chris Paul's 10th All-Star selection, the other events of the NBA weekend to come. You can join us now. Question, comment, complaint, all fair game at 1-800-849-2761 on the David Glenn Show. Mac Brown of the University of North Carolina. We got to win now. Let's don't start looking at rebuilding. Let's don't talk about how bad we are. Let's don't talk about we're not better than anybody. Let's figure out how to win. And that's what we've done. And, and the Coastal, because it's been up in the air every year, why shouldn't we have a chance? Keep it dialed in to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to Free For All Friday. Now is the perfect time to get it off your chest. Your question, your comment, your complaint. We have lines open for the first time in a long time. So you could be next Monday through Thursday. Lots of busy signals, sometimes long waits on hold. Free for all Friday. You could be next within maybe a minute if intern Will likes what you have to discuss. Question, comment, complaints, all welcome. 1-800-849-2761. Super Bowl 54 is front and center. History tells us that usually the team with the better roster, the better depth chart, the better defense will take out the team that is lesser in some of those ways, even if it has the star quarterback in this case, 24-year-old former MVP Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Are you going with history? Kevin Harlan's numbers were that in 20 Super Bowls he thought fit this description. The team with the better defense and running game and depth chart 
won 15 times. And the team with the better quarterback, which is where most of us, I think, our instincts go, the team with the better quarterback in matchups similar to this one won only five out of the 20. That means put your money on the Niners, right? Bill Barnwell in his Moby Dick-length diatribe at ESPN.com yesterday after looking at this from every conceivable angle, he too did take the 49ers. Those of you who think of quarterbacks the way I do probably are leaning Chiefs. A lot of coaches I know are leaning 49ers. Why? Because they think the Niners run it so well and the Chiefs don't defend the well, the run well enough that the Niners are going to gobble the clock. The Niners are going to be balanced. And even if the Chiefs stacked the box and forced Jimmy Garoppolo to try to beat them, Jimmy G did enough good things against enough quality opponents that the 49ers have had enough of that run-pass balance when needed. Sometimes they're so good, they haven't even needed it. 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program. Kevin is in Wilmington. Will is in Burlington. Let's go to Kevin. You are next on Free For All Friday. How you doing, Dave? I heard you talking about uh, coaches who never won the big one. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't really think uh, Bud Grant qualifies for that because he won a lot. Uh, I think I think it was four Canadian Football League championships as a coach. I think he I think he won three as a player. He won. Uh, as a player, uh, the NBA championship with the Lakers. That'd be the Minneapolis Lakers before they moved to L.A. And uh, he was the number one draft pick in the NFL by the Eagles. And uh, he was a winner all the way around, and nobody seems to realize. And Bud Grant did lose the Super Bowl as the Vikings head coach, but the rest of that success keeps him off of this list, this Andy Reid-type list in your eyes. I didn't know. What was the connection to the Lakers and the NBA? I, I'm not even sure. Was that a joke or, or like Bud Grant I think of as a football guy? Uh, Grant uh, played for the Minneapolis Lakers. They won the NBA championship in 1950. Uh, I think I – think Bud was a role player, but he was on that squad, and uh, nobody else can claim they played in the NBA and the NFL and the CFL um, ever. That is, that's a coach that I'm old enough to remember. Uh, he was doing a lot of the things that you mentioned long before I was born. But, yes, Bud Grant is the only person who fits the description you just laid out and given his success in a lot of different ways. I mean, I, I feel the same way about Andy Reid, even though Andy Reid doesn't have a Super Bowl ring. Bud Grant fell short of a Super Bowl title. But it is funny, the, the guy was an NBA champion way back in 1950 on his way to greatness in professional football as a player and coach. 1-800-849-2761. Let me try Will in Burlington. He has the NBA on his mind. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. Thanks for having me again, DJ. Sure, man. What's going on? Um, so I got a question about the All-Star game. Um, so he weighed his last year, and then Doug, it was expected to be his last year. They both got in. Yes. And if I'm not mistaken, it was like, you know, special edition because of their last year. It was. <laughs> This is Vince's last year. Why is there any certain reason why he didn't get in? Yeah, that's you know a great that's a great question. I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I think it was easy last year 
because Dirk and D Wade were under such similar circumstances, you would just throw one on one roster, throw the other on the other roster, create a, a special exemption, and you don't imbalance the rosters. Uh, Vince Carter fits that description. I mean, he's been around forever. He has set longevity records. Has Vince said this is his last year? Did he yeah, say I this wondered is definitely the same thing it? And just found it. He's yeah. He, he did he, say this is his confirmed. last year. That's he a said. bummer because. The All-Star all starters were announced about a week ago. The All-Star reserves were announced last night. So you would have thought that that would be the time if there was going to be an announcement of that sort. Is there any, like, NHL-like vote the last guy in thing in the NBA All-Star game? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. They do that in Major League Baseball as well, the last. I mean, if there's an NBA element of that, there are some snub guys, by the way. Bradley Beal of the Wizards, who is an All-Star caliber player on a bad team, does not sound very happy right now, and I think he has a pretty good beef. I agree with who was our NBA guest who said, uh, I think it was, was it uh, Rick Bennell? Maybe Tom Haverstrow. Tom Haverstrow said, hey, the All-Star game is not only about pure merit. If uh, it was Tom Haverstrow. Yeah, he hey, made the Chris Middleton comment about like, he wants Chris Middleton on his fantasy team, but not necessarily. But I want Chris Paul in the All-Star <laughs> yeah, game, right? Yeah. He's getting older. He is playing great. But give me more Chris Paul or, or give me, you know, like they created the Rising Stars game in part because Zion Williamson has only played a few games. So, of course, he's not going to be on the all-star roster. He didn't earn that after missing half the season after knee surgery. But plug him into the Rising Stars game and now you got one more thing worth watching over NBA All-Star weekend because who doesn't want to see Zion Williamson? Again, why is Zion on national TV on Super Bowl Sunday? Because when they originally made this schedule, Pelicans at Rockets, 2 o'clock in the afternoon this Sunday on ABC, they assumed Zion would have been healthy all year. Well, after Zion missed about a dozen Pelicans national TV games because it was too late to change the schedule, he is healthy now. He will be part of that Super Bowl Sunday matinee with New Orleans visiting Houston. You want to give as many people as many reasons to watch as possible. And I don't know off the top of my head why you can't do for Vince Carter what you did for D. Wade and Dirk Nowitzki, but I hope it's something that they're still considering. By the way, the All-Star game has come up with its own way to honor Kobe Bryant. Uh, it's a little bit tricky, the details of how they're doing it, but I'll offer that as we come down the stretch on the other side. Last call for phone calls, free-for-all Friday style. I will have final thoughts on Super Bowl 54 and a fantastic college basketball weekend that awaits us, among other things. We'll give you some TV picks as well. Last call for phone calls, too. 1-800-849-2761. You knew the NBA was going to do something in conjunction with last night's announcement of the full All-Star Game rosters. They described how they were honored the late, great Kobe Bryant, one of the greatest of all time at this upcoming All-Star Game. Those details with the last run of your calls next. Mike Lupica, welcome back to the David Glenn Show. Sports used to be called the toy department, and I said, look at the political scene and, and, and tell me that's any more real or, or more serious than what we see. When people say, oh, stick to sports, well, who passed that law? You're listening to the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. 
Welcome back to Free For All Friday. We are coming down the stretch on today's program. And down the stretch Last call for phone calls if you want to chime in with a question, comment, or complaint. It is Super Bowl 54 weekend. I think we have dissected that matchup from every angle that's worthy of dissection. Other highlights for you. Remember the movie Animal House? I believe there was a scene in there where was it Flounder had to go out and I think it was a couple of his fraternity brothers were practicing their tee shots. Uh, Bad things happened. Spoiler alert. I believe somebody hurt his neck after being dragged by a horse in all of that. Uh, This weekend in sports includes Animal House meets the PGA Tour. The Phoenix Open. If you're into the idea of an Animal House-style debauchery, crisscrossing with the usually gentlemanly cross uh, country club style of the sport of golf, the Phoenix Open is for you. It is the wildest, rowdiest venue on the PGA Tour. Elsewhere, you have in the NBA, tomorrow night, 76ers at Celtics national game on ABC, two of the best in the Eastern Conference. On Sunday afternoon on ABC, you have Zion and the Pelicans, New all-star, newly minted former Duke player all-star in the NBA, Brandon Ingram, of course, one of Zion's many former Duke teammate guys, uh, former Duke player guys who are now his teammates with the Pelicans. Uh, They were not his teammates at Duke necessarily. They take on one of the best teams in the NBA, the Houston Rockets. But wait, there's more. If you are a college basketball fan, and again, my weekend highlight is going to be the same as most of yours, Super Bowl 54. If you're a college basketball fan, Louisville at NC State is must-see TV. The Wolfpack has lost a couple straight, Georgia Tech and UNC. The Cardinals have won seven in a row, including Duke at Duke. Louisville's the better team, but the theme of this season is that when the better team is on the road, anything can happen. And the bottom line for Kevin Keats and the Wolfpack is A, they're as close to good position as anyone in this league not named Duke, FSU, and Louisville. And B, when senior guards Markel Johnson and C.J. Bryce play well, the Wolfpack has one of the best offenses in the ACC. C.J. Bryce has had back-to-back goose eggs against the Yellow Jackets and Tar Heels in those losses. Obviously, you need your veteran guards to be who they are and who, who they've shown to be. Jordan Wara of Louisville is an elite scorer, so the Wolfpack is going to have to pass all of Kevin Keats's quizzes about the scouting report. Jordan Wara is the number one guy that you need to limit. Boston College failed to do that. He got 37 against the Eagles as Louisville won up in Chestnut Hill. Similarly, Duke is at Syracuse. Hall of Fame friends Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Beheim getting together. Two of the oldest guys ever to coach a men's basketball team in Division I. Beheim, 75. Coach K, almost 73. They have... They're, they're two of the only teams in the ACC where they can throw four different scorers out there in most of their lineups. Trey Jones, Cassius Stanley, Matthew Hurt, Vernon Carey are the big guys for Duke. Joe Girard, Buddy Beheim, Elijah Hughes, Merrick Dolage for Syracuse. That is up at the Carrier Dome. The Orange needs a resume builder. The Wolfpack needs a resume builder against Louisville. The Hokies need a resume builder hosting Florida State. Must-see TV may also include Cole Anthony returning for the Tar Heels as they host BC. Enjoy the games and the Super Bowl. We'll see you Monday on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina. 
love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.